Hello, and welcome to the Dental Marketing Mastery Series. This podcast is brought to you by New Patients Incorporated. I'm Howie Horrocks, the founder of New Patients Incorporated, and along with me once again is my friend and partner and the Chief Executive Officer of New Patients Incorporated, Mark Dilatush. Mark, how are you doing? Hey, Howie. I'm doing fine, thanks. It's probably not as nice here, but we're getting nice. The birds are beginning to chirp. That's always a good sign. <laughs> Just enough to annoy you. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> well, we've got uh, a whole bunch to cover here. I guess we can call this What's New at New Patients Incorporated, right? Yeah, actually, it's What's New in Dental Marketing and Dentistry. Basically, the last, I guess, the last year. I guess it's time to reflect. It's time to reflect on what happened to dental offices over the this last year, not necessarily just the COVID year, but the rebound from COVID year pretty much drove dentists and dental practices anywhere from euphoric to crazy. (laughs) And almost everywhere in between, there is an enormous deluge of patients, partially pent up demand from the couple months you had off, partially from patients feeling better about coming back to dental practices from a medical standpoint, partially because the U.S. government dropped $5 trillion dollars on the U.S. economy and people had enough money to go to the dentist. So for well, there's that. All those, <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So for all those reasons, the last year has been satisfying. It's just been kind of crazy. And the craziness isn't necessarily a bad thing. I mean, we know actually the majority of clients were booked out two, three, even four, five months. And uh, of course, you know, we threw our arms up and started screaming at the top of our lungs, (laughs) you're going to stagnate your practice. So, you know, there's good and bad, but it just seemed to be a lot of fixing due to the volume, uh, the patient volume that most dental practices saw over the last year. So, I think we'll start out by saying, what did New Patients Inc. do in the last year? I managed thousands of marketing projects, so but that's just kind of our day-to-day. Why we're here on this podcast is to let you know about four or five other things that we've done that you may not understand or realize. You may not have ever even heard of them. So the first thing that we did, this was about eight or nine months ago, was we released the Practice Control Center. And we did this because if you listen to our podcast and and Howie and I, we've been doing this now for what we've been doing the podcast probably for 10 years, right? So 10 years ago, you probably heard us talk about call tracking and how important it was. Well, Practice Control Center is a technological advancement uh, beyond call tracking, basically. And what it does is it actually fills all the stuff that the dentist didn't want to do themselves if they had regular old call tracking. It quantified exactly where the call was coming from, even if it's kind of technologically (laughs) crazy. But we can tell if it's a direct, if somebody got to your website direct from your social media, from your Google local page, from an organic search. So it became very granular. So and granularity to data for a bunch of data nerds like us is really important because you can always improve. You never stop improving, right? And one of the first steps of improving is knowing what's true, knowing what's not true, you know, separating out the feelings and the emotions from actual data. So the practice control center, what it really does for the dentist 
is it allows them to keep their marketing firm accountable for their work, for how effective they are. And at the same time, it holds the dental practice accountable for their half of the success story. We've said all along, we've been saying this for years, that there's an amazing correlation between the dental offices that have been with us for 20 years and that practice, them acknowledging and working on their half of the success tree, okay? We can get the phone to ring by the people in your market who are most likely gonna choose you based on something other than a price point. We know we can do that. But if you don't answer the phone, or if you don't answer the phone and answer the questions properly, even if your front desk doesn't even... We run into front desk folks who don't even know you provide the service and just say no, right? Like if all of that stuff isn't done, then it doesn't matter how good your marketing firm is, right? So the practice control center, the first thing it does is it creates this middle piece that nobody can argue with. We can't argue with it. Those are the results we generated. You can't argue with it. Those are the results you generated, right? So it creates this incredible kind of an adhesion. In other words, we then become 51 employees in a side door of your dental practice that is actually sits down and has a meeting with you once a month, which we'll get into here in a second, and goes over the high points of what's working, what's not. I call, We call it the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? There's good, bad, and ugly in all marketing and good, bad, and ugly in all conversion at the phone call. So the practice control center, one of the, the key features of it is that we listen to every call and we classify every call, we rate every call interaction with your team. So the other thing we found when we built it, even though Dennis had our call tracking for years, they didn't want to do anything with it. No. They didn't even want to log into it. Right? And, and they often so, didn't. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they were all excited they had it, but they never looked at it, right? So we needed to fix that problem too. And a lot of times, even though our intentions were pure, hey, doc, listen to your calls, coach your team, okay? They didn't want to listen to the calls and they didn't want to coach their team. And or they didn't. Yeah, so they or didn't they, didn't, they, they didn't have time or, you know, it was yeah, right. too okay. a task or something like that, yeah. Exactly. Right. So, you know, that like ruined, you know, 90% of the shelf value, you know, of call tracking. So we built out the practice control center so that they didn't have to listen to the calls. We listened to them. We noted the outcome. We told them which calls were bad leads or solicitors, and we tell them which calls turned into new patients so that they didn't have to bother doing that. And then the other advantage to that is, or a side advantage from a data standpoint is, is that if you manage as many digital ads, Google ads, as as we do, then the outcome of the call can help optimize your digital campaign. Because honestly, no digital campaign can be truly optimized unless you know what happened after the person clicked and Google charged you money. So all of those things all went into the practice control center. And so far, I think we've, I think it's 92% compliance. In other words, 92% of the customers who decided to move forward, it's $195 a month. So it's not a big, you know, expense. 
they move forward with it, 92% of them still have it. And that's pretty darn good from a servicing standpoint. So basically what that allows dentists to do is they could go run their reports, analyze how many missed calls, how many calls went to voicemails, which day did they go to voicemails, and then help their team because they could listen to the calls that turned into new patients. They could see the person on their team that made the appointment, but they could also see the calls where we might rate it good lead office availability. And you might look at that and go, what does that mean? And that means that was a perfectly good new patient that you couldn't get in because you didn't have enough days and hours in your schedule to offer them, right? So you start looking at those and you go, wow, well, how many, how come I got so many of those? And the answer is because your schedule doesn't have enough room for new patients, right? So it's really nice to know that way ahead of time before it really hurts, you know, the practice. So that, anyway, that's practice control center. So the next logical iteration of that <laughs> And again, because even with Practice Control Center, the dentist didn't want to log in and run their own reports. <laughs> they didn't they didn't even want to do that, right? And I'm the CEO, I'm the CEO of a company and we have lots of people here and 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 I get it, man. Like I don't want to have meetings with every staff member. I can't. It's impossible. There's only like you know, nine or 10 work hours in a day. You can't have meetings with everybody. You can't know every detail. So what we did is we started doing monthly Zoom meetings with clients, 15 minutes in length, and where we run the reports and we figure out the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? <laughs> here's good, here's bad, here's ugly. Let's go work on the ugly and the bad and let's make everything good, right? So the doctor doesn't even have to log in, doesn't even have to figure out how to run the right reports, doesn't even have to figure out how to read the reports because we do all that stuff for him. Get on a Zoom call, give him the high, high thousand foot elevation CEO view and say, okay, here's a problem. Here's what we're doing on our end. Here's what you guys need to do on your end. Here's another problem, same thing. And here's some really good stuff that happened in the last month um, as a result of our last meeting. So in 15 minutes, the doctor's like, well, I got this, man. I actually know <laughs> the status of how my marketing is working at all times. And I don't really need to have the overhead or, or be the guy running reports or listening to calls. And people really... They adhere to those Zoom calls. Once a month for 15 minutes, it's like almost nothing. So that's been a, a resounding success. Beyond that, let's see. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but we manage millions in digital ads for dentists, specifically and mostly Google ads. So if you're a Google ad person, if you've ever run your own Google ads, then you probably ran into this scenario where Google said you had 81 clicks. <laughs> right? And then nothing happened. Like you didn't convert any of them. <laughs> right? And you're like, how is that possible? I could write the world's worst web page and at least somebody would do something. At least leave me a complaint, right? Something, anything. Right. Right. At least and, say and you suck. <laughs> yeah, right. So 81 clicks at $6 a piece, 480 bucks. I got nothing for my money. And so we dug in. And um, openly telling you this happens to everyone, including our clients, or was happening to our clients anyway. So we dug in and we said, what the hell is causing this? And after there's some really good digging, we isolated it out to a couple of sources of what's called bot traffic. 
and you probably have heard the term bots before. It's not like a Roomba that goes around and vacuums your floor. It's a piece of software actually that just goes from website to website to website to web page to web page to, to add to add to add. And you can programmatically click on your ad, get to a landing page, and then just jump off your landing page and go to the next ad, click it, and so on and so forth. So these aren't really human beings. These are software programs that are doing this, and they're doing it nefariously, and they're doing it purposely. So, and Google knows this, by the way. This isn't news. So how do you help somebody avoid paying for those, right? Like, it's impossible. Like, you can't go back to the people who are doing this. These are people who are, uh, you know, cloaking their identity, obviously. So we found a service that marks and tracks these bot clicks and then immediately turns off the server path. Now, you might say to yourself, well, they could use multiple servers. True. They could. And if they came back to your ad and clicked on it, we'd block them too. <laughs> okay. So the software constantly runs, 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 runs as your clicks are coming through your Google ads. And it's looking at them because a normal behavior for a human being is not to go click ad, X out, I'm done. Like you got to read something. You're going to be on there for at least five seconds, right? Three or four seconds, right? But this bot traffic just goes in and out instantly, zero seconds. So it marks all the zero second or one second visits on, on the landing pages for your Google ad campaign, marks them, and then goes into their database, finds a pattern. In other words, if they've ever blocked it for another customer of theirs. And then if it finds yes, it just blocks it for you. It doesn't save tens of thousands of dollars. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's kind of, you know, silly, but it would save you $36, $71, $83 or whatever. And then a ticket is submitted on your behalf to Google. And then Google, the report is in such a way that Google, it's, it's basically undeniable. And then Google credits your account that much money. So that's one of the things that we don't even tell people this, but that's one of the things that we did over the last, that's actually a few months now, probably five or six months that we implemented that has saved a significant across our whole company. We're in tens of thousands of dollars, you know, saved significant amounts of dentist money on nefarious bot clicks. <laughs> if you're running your own campaign, don't be surprised if you get those. So, okay. Now the next big thing, this actually started Two years ago, two years ago, we knew we were going to do this. We didn't know when. We were in the middle of COVID. We thought, wow, what the hell? This is a good project to get started because it's going to take us forever. And it's called NPI Education. If you go to our website, newpatientsinc.com, and right now you're going to see a new nav in the middle of NPI Education. And what we've done with NPI Education is we've invited uh, the best of the best in almost every business and technological sector in dentistry. And when I say best of the best, I mean the most effective, experienced, ethical, moral professionals. Now, these are business professionals. There's no clinical in NPI education. I'm not sure there ever will be. I, I'd like to keep it all. I'd like it to end up being a business resource dentists go to whenever they need any advice or any anything business related. So you can actually go in. You're If you're one of our clients or a client of any of the instructors, it's free for you guys. You just go in. You can register like after you get off of this podcast, if you want. Again, just go to our website and NPI education and poke around. Right now, there's only three or four courses in there. But over the weeks, months, and years, as it, un as it evolves, 
all of the instructors are going to be adding their own courses in. So it's, I wouldn't be surprised if you, st- if you see three to five courses, you know, a month being added from here on out. One course in particular that I got to take a couple minutes on here, and we just did our first one for last Friday. There's a course, NPI Education, right now. You could sign up for it if you want. It's the fee-for-service journey course. It's not necessarily committing to getting rid of all your insurance plans. It's how to get rid of one, <laughs> right? And then if you want to get rid of the second one after you get rid of one, that's fine, right? We're not trying to push everybody fee-for-service, but one thing we've learned, or I've worked with every one of the professionals that are in the NPI education, and every one of them is going to be contributing to the uh, fee-for-service journey courses. Individually, I talked to all of them about practices and the insurance companies sending these, hey, man, we're going to lower your reimbursement rates, letters, and they're doing some weird stuff with, like, they're saying, well, if you take this plan, you got to take all these other 16 crappy plans. So they're doing everything they possibly can to lower your reimbursement reimbursement. And um, Howie and I have always been, like, we've always thought that our life's work basically is, has been getting patients into dental practices that would support fee-for-service business models, right? I mean, part of it might even have been a mistake, but <laughs> but that's literally what we do, right? So, you know, Howie's started this 33 years ago. I've been at it now for 17, I guess. And through all these years, we have hundreds of dental practices that are either full fee for service or maybe they have one plan left, right? And that was only because of, well, certainly because of the practice. We don't take all the credit by any stretch of the imaginations, but their marketing and how they use their marketing budget was a significant part of that journey, right? So I talked to other professionals, Susan Gunn and Sandy Pardue and Lacey Phillips and Bonnie Pugh and talked to Bob Henkel, who's a doctor and he's retired now because he went fee-for-service. I talked to all these people and they all had their own little piece. Technology guys, Samad, talked to Vivek. And, and I talked to these people and they all support going fee-for-service, all of them. But nobody ever really brought it all together and organized it into a course format that a dental practice could follow at their own speed. It's not like you have to show up every other Thursday for six weeks. This could take you three years or four years, right? So anyway, so one of the big things that we developed over the last, I think the vision was developed over the last 17 years, but I think we formalized the the NPI education two years ago. And I think Probably a year ago, we formalized the quest for fee-for-service to help people do that. And the fee-for-service journey and the NPI education go hand-in-hand because they're one is inside the other. <laughs> so you just log into NPI education, click take the course, and, and get started. So through helping thousands of marketing projects through the kind of the craziness uh, that COVID created over the last year, We've been busy. We've been busy doing a lot of R&D and a lot of product and service launches. And we're actually quite bullish for this next, I don't know, you know, two, three, four years. Almost anything's better than, you know, March 2020, right? (laughs) That's for sure. So, I mean, how could you not be at least a little optimistic, right? (laughs) So anyway, that's why we wanted to have a podcast today. We just wanted to fill everybody in. I mean, there's other stuff that's going on too, but those are the primary achievements from your NPI team over the last, let's say, 10 or 11 months. We're real proud of them. They're real proud of their achievements too. And uh, I hope you get some use out of all of them. Yeah, very nice. 
All right. Well, thank you for tuning in again. We sure appreciate that. And uh, we love our audience out there. So uh, we're going to sign off now. Hope you tune in next time. Until then, have a happy day. Bye now. We hope you've enjoyed our podcast today. You can get all of our podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, and Libsyn.com and on our website, newpatientsinc.com.